Hey, this is Mark with A Present Word, where scripture is shared with insightful and practical applications for you today. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Revelation chapter 1 verse 9 we read, I, John, both your brother and companion in tribulation and the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus. Jump to verse 16, and he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. These scriptures are telling us God's word is first, living, and second, powerful. It's like a two-edged sword. This is not a natural sword made of sharpened steel we can hold in our hand. No, this is a spiritual sword. This sword pierces deep inside the believers. This sword is none other than the word of God. This is the sword of God. It's his word sword that moves within us and divides or separates our soul and spirit. The Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, the soul man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Why is this important? Because if we continue to live in and through our soul only and neglect the new man given to us from above, we're going to have problems because of God's word, which now desires to work in us by the Holy Spirit. Remember, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow. If we don't allow this process, the Holy Spirit will not be able to deliver us from corruption and deceitful lusts mentioned in Ephesians 4.22 putting off concerning your former conduct, the old man. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, God speaking, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God desires to deliver us from the fall of Adam and the folly of men and our natural desires for evil and darkness. All of that desire comes to us naturally through our fallen Adamic nature. We're all born with it, but all of that junk has to be separated and put under the new man's control. Otherwise, we will continue to live as Christian believers, yet not experiencing the living power of his word in our life. Unfortunately, this is the condition of many in the church today. They're saved, but they're carnal. They're saved, but they're living in their soul. They're naturally minded, not spiritually minded. 1 Corinthians 2.14 But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That's why many today find it virtually impossible to walk and live in the Spirit. Their soul man is still in charge. Their soul is still running the show. Our soul has to be subdued by our spirit man. We need our soul, but it has to come under the power and control of our new man, our spirit man, our born-again man. Otherwise, we will continue to fulfill the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. 
we will be unable to produce the fruits of the Spirit listed in Galatians 5.22. These two natures, soul and spirit within us, are so close we need the word sword to make the separation. Separating the joints from the marrow, that's how close they are to each other. Sometimes we think we're in the spirit, but we're actually in our soul. Sometimes we think we're in the soul and we're actually in our spirit. That's how closely these two are bound together. But the Spirit of God will teach us to discern between the two as he makes the separation within us. This process requires what I call spiritual surgery, and the scalpel is the Word of God. This can only be done through the Word and the Spirit of God. We do not have the natural capacity to separate these two natures on our own. The Spirit of God, His Word, and with prayerful Bible study, this is the surgical operation process that we all need to undergo daily if we desire to be transformed into the image of Christ. But I believe over time, you'll begin to enjoy this daily surgical procedure working on your heart. You'll become amazed how it's changing your mind, your thoughts, your attitudes, your opinions, and your desires. Even your life goals will begin to change. You will begin to have God's thoughts. You will begin to understand God's ways. You'll start thinking his thoughts, and now you have understanding. You're gaining wisdom and knowledge of God and of Christ Jesus. Colossians chapter 2, verse 3, both the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Matthew chapter 17, verse 1, now after six days... Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. God was saying to Peter, James, and John, If you hear him, you will hear me, and if you hear me, you will also hear Moses and Elijah. See, Jesus is the complete embodiment of the word. Hear him. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. See, Jesus, the Word of God. Jesus himself, during his temptation in the wilderness, told Satan, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Many today are looking around to hear something that will tickle their ears, but the reality is God has said all he's going to say. The writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. If God does speak today, all he's doing is putting light on something that was previously spoken before through him, his prophets, right, or through his Son, the Lord Jesus. If you're getting revelation on a scripture— I like to think of it as like a computer data packet. Once it's opened to you by God, it's full of wisdom, knowledge, and mysteries. But still, it was all spoken before, even before the foundation of the world. 
We know Jesus was the embodiment of the word and his life mission was to fulfill his father's previously spoken word to the prophets and to fulfill all that was written concerning him. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. When the writers of the New Testament received revelation concerning the unveilings of the mysteries of Christ, like those shown the Apostle Paul, he said they've been hidden from the foundations of the world. God was saying it was now time to unveil his word to us, the church. Why? Because it's a new covenant. It's a new day. It's a new man. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God is for us. Jesus is for us. The Holy Spirit is for us. All three do agree. They're working together on the inside of you and me. How? Through the living word that our life will bring glory back to the Father through Christ by us living our daily lives, by us choosing to live in his word. All that we do in our life here on earth has great significance for this life and our life to come. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The process of God separating our soul and our spirit This takes time. It's a process. If someone hands you a Bible and says, swallow this, that would be very difficult. It's a large book. But you could eat the Bible one page at a time. That's doable. What I'm saying is, if we feed daily on his word, we move from our soul man status, and we begin to put on the new man. This will help us stop making dumb decisions for our life and begin to make good ones. That's the good. As we continue dining on his word, we move from the good to the acceptable. Now our life begins to bring forth acceptable fruit, and finally, over time, the perfect. Here, we are in complete agreement with his word and his will for our life. We are abiding in him. We are dining with the king. We are in union. We are now one with the Father and the Son. Well, that's where we all need to get quickly. Now, the big problem is the Word of God. Why? God is bound by His Word, His Word which He spoke before the foundation of the world. He spoke and put it in place. God has spoken the Word into the earth, put it into action. His Word has created spiritual laws unseen to our natural eyes. These laws have consequences causing good outcomes or bad ones. And it all depends on how we value and treat and handle his word. We know God is no respecter of persons. Well, that's very good news for all of us. That means we're all on a level playing field with God. We have a will so we can choose to agree with his word or not to agree with his word. It's our decision. But remember, God will not be mocked. Whatever we sow, we will reap. Over the years, I've met people who think they can cut a special deal with God, that he will change his word to suit their situation. Be careful with that. That's very dangerous. If you've made a complete mess of your life, don't worry. Cry out to God and begin this process again and stick with it. God has ways of cleaning up uncleanable messes. He did it in my life, and I'm confident he'll do it in yours. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. 
But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same God who spoke to Adam in the garden, to Noah, build an ark, to Abraham, leave your own country, not knowing where he was going, to Moses on Sinai, and finally Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. I said all that to make this main point. There's a chapter in the Bible that makes available to us amazing blessings, but at the same time, it's a very scary chapter. The chapter can be found in Deuteronomy 28. Verses 1 through 15 teaches us the blessings of obedience. It opens with, If you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. If you're not familiar with this chapter, when you have time to read, I encourage you to do so. Now keep in mind, we've been talking about the double-edged sword. This sword creates tension in the spirit. What's that tension? Well, we have good and evil, God the devil, and here, blessing and curses. Starting in verse 15, all the way to verse 68, We're going to start, we're just going to read a few verses, starting in verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, his statutes, which I came in you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. The apostle John on the Isle of Patmos saw one like the Son of Man, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. The one word in this chapter in Deuteronomy that really jumps out at me is if. See, if you do or if you don't. The blessings are 15 verses. The curses are 53 verses. That's three times more than the blessing. That's scary. See, God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And I pray, let us be a people that will obey the voice of the Lord God and observe all his commandments. And if we do, when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ as believers, we will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. I hope this message was helpful to you today. If you would like to be notified of future podcasts, click the follow button. If you're on Google, click subscribe. This is a free podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. If you would like to donate, click the PayPal link in the podcast. If you're on our website, click the heart button. To contact me, my email is apresentword at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.